Bandwidth for Changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Rollbar. How important is it for you to catch errors before your users do? What if you could resolve those errors in minutes and then deploy with confidence? That's exactly what Rollbar enables for software teams. One of the most frustrating things we all deal with is errors. Most teams either A, rely on their users to report errors, or B, use log files and lists of errors to debug problems. That's such a waste of time. Instantly know what's broken and why with Rollbar. Reduce time wasted debugging and automatically capture errors alongside rich diagnostic data to help you defeat impactful errors. You can integrate Rollbar into your existing workflow. It integrates with your source code repository and deployment system to give you deep insights into exactly what changes caused each error. Give Rollbar a try today at no cost to you. No credit card is required. Our listeners get access to the Bootstrap plan with 100,000 events for free for 90 days. To get started, head to rollbar.com slash changelock. Welcome to JS Party, a weekly celebration of JavaScript and the web. Tune in live on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific at changelaw.com slash live. Join the community and Slack with us in real time during the show at changelaw.com slash community. Follow us on Twitter. We're at JS Party FM. And now on to the show. Hello and welcome back to JS Party. My name is Jared Santo. Very excited to be here with you all today to celebrate JavaScript, the web, the platform, the people. We are excited, as always, to bring to you an awesome conversation about JS and the web. So I am here. I'm also joined by a few awesome panelists. First up, Nick Nisi. What's up, Nick? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. You know, life's getting back to normal after any JS conf finally wrapped up last week. Tell us about your experience there. Oh, it was a great conference. I think uh, probably the best lineup that we've had yet. And uh, it was it was just so much fun. The talks were really well put together. And uh, the the day went off uh, pretty smoothly, uh, except for a few minor things. But overall, I think it was a great experience. Absolutely. And as every conference organizer will attest, it's always fun and exciting, but it's such a relief uh, mm-hmm. the next day, the day after. So we're both enjoying that. Also joined by Chris Hiller. Chris, we got to meet out in Portland at OSCON. That was awesome. How you doing? Yes, that was fun. Um, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm just thinking about biscuits and gravy, and I'm having a good old time. <laughs> very good. Very good. So uh, perhaps a lot of breakfast theme conversation on this show. We'll just have to wait and find out. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, uh, Jeff Lembeck, who's the engineering manager at NPM. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. So the... the uh, the genesis of this conversation, the reason why we invited Jeff on, goes back to July 12th, which I think was a Thursday, because I believe I actually posted it in the JS Party chat room, maybe even during a different show or leading up to a show. Um, but you had basically what I would call an epic Twitter rant, which every once in a while, not often, but every once in a while gets you invited on podcasts. And this one happened to, um, <laughs> where you kicked off just by saying, hi, I'm Jeff, and I'm an engineering manager at NPMJS. And I'd like to talk a little bit about open source, humans, and general empathy. Now, this caught my eye, and a few people backed me up in our chat saying, yes, this would be great to talk about. And so that kicked it off. But before we get into the the content of that thread, we would like to learn kind of the motivation behind it. What prompted you to say, okay, I need to go out on Twitter and vent or, or make a statement uh, about these things, which are very real and concerning topics for all of us. What what prompted this? Oh, man, so it, wildly enough, you'd think that that would be a, a, like the start of some epic subtweet. Um, exactly, but, but it it totally was mo- just being tired at the end of a day, and uh, having had weeks upon weeks of just kind of the same stuff, um, barreling through and watching people be. Yeah, crappy to each other on Twitter about whatever projects that they're on, and then um, having it fly back in my my general direction a bunch and going, we've we, we've got to do better than this. 
Mm. and just sitting there and kind of with my head on my desk, like, why can't we just, why, why are we struggling to do better than this? Mm. Um, and so then it just, it just started and I just started typing and I, I, I had the full intention of that being seen by like six people, uh, because you know, like late night tweet. Um, but that didn't happen. That's not what happened. That is not what happened. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was really lucky to have had, um, my, my, uh, boss Lori have already given me the sign off on using like get like letting people know what those numbers are before mm-hmm. because good god just like oh yeah here's how much it costs to run part of our business is typically like a level of transparency that people are you know not super comfortable with um and then uh also having had the next day the the thumbs up our our marketing guy not want to strangle me so right. you know, hey, <laughs> it all worked out. It all worked out in the end. So so here we are. I, I should say that we did have Lori. He keynoted NEJS Conf, the, the the conference that Nick and I were just talking about just last week, and he came out with tons of numbers, tons of data. Super interesting. All of the insights y'all are able to pull, especially with the survey, like sixteen thousand results to a survey, spectacular. And then all the numbers going on with downloads and whatnot. So I love how transparent that is to the community. Let me just start by saying that, you know, NPM Inc, NPM, the uh, command line tool, NPM, the registry, these are all relatively new things in the world of, you know, developers. And like a lot of us are still figuring that out. And it's very strange interfacing with a black box, which is also a command line, which was also a company and it's open source. And then there's business and then there's people and then there's, you know, issues. And so very much like the reason why I think this resonated and why it got seen by way more than six people is because it's it's peeling back a bit the veil of, you know, who is NPM and what is NPM. And I think that's something that's changing and difficult to always comprehend as just a user or a member of the community or a or a customer of yours. So these are all things that are very new to us. And so I think very worth talking about and try to sort through together as engineering manager what's your role there and how did it get to be where you were first of all uh one who was feeling this way and had your head down at the end of the day and then secondly i guess maybe the empowerment or the the freedom to even just go to twitter and maybe represent npm as a company or as being jeff you know those lines are hard to draw but first of all as engineering manager like what's your role and how are you seeing things that brought you to this this conclusion? So, uh, management, a uh, just to start there, that is that is a purely people position. Um, well, eighty five percent people position. There's some coding, but it's mostly uh, a people position, and so it is um, effectively talking with and planning and working with uh, people that I that are on my teams um, that people that I happen to manage just put me in this spot a little bit more because I manage the application engineering group. And that means everything that is public facing. Um, so our website, uh, the CLI, anybody who works on those, um, that's my team. And therefore the, the most people don't necessarily uh, outwardly curse or have critique of, um, you know, our infrastructure, for example, because they don't see it. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. know, but, but they, they get, they, they can see a big, big old error notification in their face. Um, and so I, I, I happen to get a lot of the conversation that comes through with, um, with that. And the application engineering team also happens to handle quite a bit of the community um, response too. So uh, the tweets that come in that don't, that aren't directed toward our support um, where people are just asking, Hey, why isn't this working? Um, the frequently those questions are, you know, answered by say Kat or Rebecca um, if they're CLI problems, et cetera. So that's that's how I end up being in the position of um, 
being uh, seeing this stuff as it comes in quite a bit. There, there's also a little bit that I've been at NPM for a little over three years, um, which is a pretty long period of time at the company. And so I have, which as you mentioned, it, it's relatively new as far as things go. Yeah. Um, and, and thus have a little bit of, I have an, I have some background in uh, many of the moments of high passion that people have had over time. Now that, that, that puts me on Twitter from every once in a while. The, the tweet storm is nothing out of uh, character for the general theme for how I talk about things in public. Um, but I think that's the first time I've ever just brought data to the table as part of it. Yeah. So maybe worth pointing out at this point, here's, here's one uh, section of this, of this, these tweets, which specifically speak to what you're referring to when we talk about the reactions um, from the outside, the support requests, and really like the stuff that makes you say, I, I, I want to talk about humanity and empathy. Um, one of the things that you said is that there's a dark side to all of this. We make decisions that make people angry and wow, do they get violent ever get hate mail at your job? What about hate tweets? People making dupe Reddit accounts with your name to talk crap about you and blame it on you. So these are things that are happening. This is like a daily basis inside NPM and, and uh, how much of this is going on? Uh, I wouldn't say daily for that stuff, um, but it's common. Uh, there, there have been, um, the, there have been some pretty big campaigns in the past. And they've been pretty bad. Uh, I have not been the direct uh, target of quite a few of them as much as I've been on the team that also received it. But the, um, the these things happen. There's there's always the interesting, creative ones. I, I, I still laugh about one that was... Uh, and I'm, I'm going to edit myself here because somebody did a wonderful job of sending us, they duped or they spoofed an email address and they, so it's from uh, fill in the expletive F at you.com. And then the subject was just F you. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> and, and it was like, I applaud your work. Like the, 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 the work ethic you have in order to going to do something like that. That's, um, that's intense. Uh, a lot of effort. The, so much, so much effort, uh, for so little, um, so little gain, but things like that, they pile up pretty quickly. There's yeah, going, going to, uh, I ran Seattle JS for a while, um, for, for quite some time. And there gets to be a point where, going going out into js related events um going to conferences etc i already have like i know what questions are going to be asked here that are going to be trolly like someone's going to walk up and do it at some point and they're going to hope for a sound bite out of me um and that that gets tiring Uh, most people i i never had to deal with that at a job before um, but alas, that uh, happens here. Public facing is public facing. This episode of JS Party is brought to you by Hired. One thing people hate doing is searching for a new job. It's so painful to search through open positions on every job board under the sun. The process to find a new job is such a mess. If only there was an easier way. Well, I'm here to tell you there is. Our friends at Hired have made it so companies send you offers with salary, benefits, and even equity up front. All you have to do is answer a few questions to showcase who you are and what type of job you're looking for. They work with more than 6,000 companies from startups to large publicly traded companies and 14 major tech hubs in North America and Europe. You get to see all of your interview requests. You can accept, reject, or make changes to their offer even before you talk with anyone. And here's the kicker. It's totally free. This isn't going to cost you anything. It's not like you have to go there and spend money to get this opportunity. 
opportunity. And if you get a job through Hired, they're even going to give you a bonus. It's normally $300, but since you're a listener of JS Party, they're going to give you $600 instead. And even if you're not looking for a job, you can refer a friend and Hired will send you a check for, get this, $1,337 when they accept the job. As you can see, Hired makes it too easy. Get started at Hired.com slash JS Party. So I've, I've, you know, kind of uh, been working in Node for for a while and and long enough to see NPM be, you know, from kind of a a, a project and and become a company. And I've noticed over this time, NPM, whether that's the CLI, whether that's, you know, whoever makes decisions at the registry, whatever, it's, it's, it's just a huge target for for abuse from the community. And there are like many frustrations, whether or not, you know, NPM really has much to do with it at all, seem to get directed at NPM. And so, I, I mean, this is just my perspective as, as an outsider, and, and maybe you have a different perspective, but, you know, why, why, do, you think, why do you think that is? Why, what, what is it about NPM that makes it catch all this heat from people? Yeah, um, so there's there's going to be a few things that go into this, um, and I, first and foremost, while I actually believe that this is a um, a small subset of people that get frustrated or upset, uh, they're a loud subset, but there there are trolls. Those do exist. Um, trolls are going to troll. I can't even. I'm 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 almost not interested to find out why someone would do that. Um, that 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 is who that is who they are, and they've decided to do that. Um, but on the other end of things, there are a lot of people who get upset at npm, um, and it makes me think of. So I uh, I used to work with Forrest, and Forrest said something to me one time when I asked him how he dealt with complaints about things like this, and it was for for people that expect things to just work. Um, technology is something that, that's just happening to them. And NPM is, I, I, like, I'll pat myself on the back of this, even though I don't I, I pat my team, pat a bunch of people on the back about this kind of stuff. Like NPM just works so frequently that people forget. Like they just forget. A lot of people don't even know it's a company. They're just like, yeah, this is a thing. It's just here. I type and it does the thing that I need it to do. And wow, I have JavaScript. And if you are just trying to do your job, like here it comes, I'm just trying to do my job. Um, and that, that seems to be the source of your ire at the time. Like if, if you're just trying to do your job and then one day you can't because something broke, um, then you're probably pretty mad at it because you didn't even think about it before. But now it's blocking you. If this was something that you had to think about regularly, maybe it would make you less explosively angry. Um, but I, I I speak from some level of personal experience in that if you ever want to see me lose my temper at something, it will probably be like my phone, a thing that I depend on all of the time that I never ever that works for me. 99.99% of the time. But like mm-hmm. that one time I wanted to get a picture of my kid and it didn't work. And I got like 6,000 pictures of my kid on my phone that it worked perfectly for every other time. But that one time I'm like, right. oh, to hell with Apple and throw my phone at the ground. Um, <laughs> and, and that's like that, that kind of thing. Um, people do that. that that's human. It, you have something big and drawing of that much attention while simultaneously like it, it you rarely notice you just use it and then one day it gets in your way and then let's say with as big as it is other people have had that recent feeling that'll that'll get a little a little storm of humans real quick and and uh a little, it's it's a it's amazing what say uh, a twitter like a group of people on Twitter or an orange website um, 
will will do once validated feeling about these things like mm. maybe they don't intend to i mean i certainly don't it's people made something it had a bug in it it got released it like maybe wrecked a half of a person's day i feel bad that that happened to them um but yeah they and rightfully so they're mad about it uh i I guess my my thought process, even when writing the tweet, was like, yeah, yeah, people get mad. Um, they sometimes should. Uh, how how you act once you're there, though, is 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 the way that we we need to we need to get a little bit of a hold on ourselves as a community. And mm-hmm. um, that was the yeah. Uh, NPM gets a lot of uh, a lot of vitriol because yeah, 11 million users. So there's going to be. What's the difference then between and because it feels like it's different to me. If you are upset at NPM and you and you go on Twitter and you blast people on NPM, or you have a problem with your your Apple phone, or your MacBook, or something, and you and you start you know writing crap about Apple on on on, on Twitter. And that feels different to me. What? Why? I feel like it's it's that there. You know, Apple is just, it's it's so big and so the the people there seem so well insulated from from this sort of thing. And I don't know. I'm yeah, speculating. It, the, there's some of that. I think that like there's definitely whole whole oh God forums after forums after forums just dedicated to hating on Apple. Like yeah. the the internet is filled with that. Um, and but there is some level of insulation once you get to be that big in size as a company. Once you have groups of human beings who just handle who handle that line of defense, NPM is not big enough yet. Like we have a a user base that is big enough to maybe take that on, but or to create that kind of situation where even just law of averages plays out. We're gonna have some people that are mad. Um but the uh, the amount of people that we have as a company, even though growing, um, is not necessarily uh, there to where we can have f- full teams of you know people who insulate and keep away from that, or and or can give you get the comfort of the insulation of having a huge company, big office with cubicles, et cetera. That's kind of what I was thinking too, from an outside perspective. Is is in the in an example like Apple, uh, there's a very small amount of key people that you can think of that might be influencing the iPhone, like Johnny Ive, for example. Uh, and I'm sure he gets his fair share of of hate mail and stuff that goes to him. Uh, but when it comes to like day to day things, you don't you're not complaining directly to the people at Apple who are actually making decisions or working on the the software or, or hardware that goes into your phone. Uh, whereas with NPM, it seems like, you know, if you, if you do have a bug and you fill, you file it, um, <clears throat> you go to GitHub and do that. And then you do start up a conversation with a real human who works, uh, on that product. And that's because, uh, like you said, NPM, the size of it, it's, I think you said in your, um, in your Twitter thread that it's uh, 37 people total. Yeah. Uh, so you have a, a, when you interact with somebody at that company, you have a much bigger, um, influence isn't the right word, but you have a much bigger um, audience with the company uh, yeah. on average, and so you're you're able to do that. And you're able to put uh, people's like GitHub handles to problems as they're responding and trying to help you with that. And I think that that can um, cause some of that. Not that it should, but it, it definitely can. Uh, but I do like also in your your thread that you that you did provide those numbers like 37 employees, I think 17 in engineering uh, yeah. that are, that are working on that. And I think that that really does help uh, humanize the company because NPM is something that if you use node, you use it, whether you're using the CLI or the registry, you're using uh, NPM in a lot of ways. And I, I think that it's good to know that it's just 37 people that have a huge influence over, over JavaScript. Yeah. We're uh it's it's pretty exciting to be part of the 37 but yeah it uh, before working at npm um 
there were you know 10 people um something like that when i started and uh it was it was an interesting thing to walk in and go whoa wait what the the office is very small um, <laughs> wait. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, i was i was kind of blown away on my first take on it too with the like oh i use this tool like every day huh okay <laughs> but but uh yeah they it's it's grown a lot since then i mean we have an exponential growth pattern so um yeah having having that few people uh having that um level having that big of a surface area that each person can cover for being able to make decisions and help things through yeah it, there's definitely i that might be inviting you're definitely right there to for people mm-hmm. to go hey i can get a hold of blank from the web team and thus maybe i can convince them to change this thing that drives me nuts right and um yeah there's there's some there's some power in that we're also living in a world now where 37 people 17 in engineering can service 10 million users and this is the other a stat that you brought out 5 billion with a b downloads every single week and that's an amazing amount of leverage is it not to be able to affect that many people with so few it's very cool uh so side note on what you just said uh i got a message the next morning from lori and i was like oh no slack Your numbers from, bad. My, from my coo and it was totally it's six billion Nope. <laughs> and i laughed i was like that's okay all right so i'm not like in trouble uh six billion is the actual number um and so yeah it is it's it's an interesting amount of leverage um we have it it shows the power of the tooling a lot of the way um a lot of the product planning has gone that's it, it, a testament to quite a bit of that um that i i can't speak highly enough of some of the services that we use that allow us to do this uh i could i could probably talk later for a, a long time about how about my feelings about like how cdns work and how cool they are <laughs> but yeah that's uh there it's pretty it's it's quite a few uh it's quite a few people to serve yeah and with so i mean a it's, a double, it's a double-edged sword or i guess it's a gift and a curse more than a double-edged sword where on one hand you have such a small amount of people who are then taking the brunt of support and sometimes that support is you know thoughtful and and, and normal and other times it's vitriolic and and hateful and so that's what we're here, you know, a lot of what you were talking about is the fact that it's humans behind, <laughs> behind this, it's like these are people. Yeah. And a lot of times we, especially the internet, the layer of abstraction, right, of the internet gives us sometimes an unfortunate freedom to pile on and to think about things in an abstract, non-human way. And so um, that's what you're pointing out. So on the one hand, you have that, but on the other hand, this is now quoting you back to yourself, which is one of my favorite things to do is that you said, knowing that every day I can make a difference in the lives of millions of people is wild. It's motivating. It keeps me going. We build products that make life a lot easier for development than it used to be. And we give away a lot of it for free. And so it's not all bad. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it is, it's very motivating. It's very, very awesome to be able to just, to Going to, I, I speak at conferences as frequently as I can, and um, one of the reasons I do that is because being able to like get off the internet and get face to face with people that use these things and that talk about these things are is such a fantastic moment of going. All right, people are, you know what? Overall, people are psyched. They like to do what they do, and we make it um, at times. Like we save hundreds of hours off of their lives at times. It's like, okay, you know what that, that made last week where I got mad about, or where I just sat there like saying, don't respond to that person on Reddit, close the window, um, all worth it. 
So I actually got gotten to somebody on on Twitter. Uh, 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 got into it with somebody, and and I don't remember what it was exactly, but basically somebody was complaining about. I don't know. I, I hope it was NPM, but but at any rate, it, <laughs> it, it it's not it's not not entirely. Um, it doesn't really matter. But so this person was complaining about an open source project. I, I want to say it was a CLI, but I could I could be wrong. And um, you know, I was like, well, you know, you could, you know, send pull requests and, and stuff like that. Um, and maybe it's not so nice to you know, trash on this open source project. Maybe you should try to um, make things better and, and, you know, this sort of thing. Um, and the, the response I got, of course, was, <laughs> not, you know, not not positive. Um, but what, what they said was something about how such and such project is run by a company. Therefore, like, I'm not going to give any free labor to that company. And... Mm. I'm not going to send any PRs um, and th- this kind of like feeling like, well, because this open source project was run by a company, they, they, they owe me something. Um, at that point I stopped, you know, I, I, I muted that and, you know, I didn't really want to get sucked into it. So, but I, I'm kind of wondering if, if, how, how do you, what do you, what do you think of, 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 of that sort have you encountered that sort of feeling before and what like what would you say to people that think oh well it's it's a company and i don't want to you know work with them um and and you know basically give them free labor and and try to make this thing better i wonder if they have the same sentiment about react and and angular and other projects like that yeah i, I would assume so i mean from my perspective on it um you know, I get it. Like, I definitely do. I understand that viewpoint pretty well. I, um, I've, I've got some not so secret opinions about open, like people making a lot of money off of open source um, without paying out for it. That's, that's definitely a thing that happens on a pretty large scale. Um, and so if somebody goes, okay, well, I don't want to contribute to the product um, because I don't want to put in any free labor here. I, I firmly understand that. That is a, um, you know, that is a, a completely valid and um, not not just valid but strong. There's a good argument to be made there. On the other hand, I um, if somebody has a complaint, there are viable channels to go through where it. If this is the thing that they they want, say say you want a you have a bug in in, in the CLI, you think you've you found one or on the website or whatever. We have we have a whole uh, discourse npm uh, community um, that you can go to, and people frequently search for to see if it's happened before, and then post, and that thing gets triaged on the regular by people who either visit the site. Um, themselves and have had the same problems and can talk things out with people or uh, by um, the NPM team members themselves. And then we also have, if features are missing that you think should be there, we have a whole RFC process. And we, we would love if people's companies would go, hey, let me pay you for the time that you spend working on this thing for this um, for the CLI. The CLI is a big open source project. We would, you know, if somebody, I I say this with some level of privilege as I've been a person who in the past has gone, this open source library that I'm working on is broken, but it's like for the thing that we need, but it's really close. And a boss going, well, it'd take you four hours to fix it or 15 hours to write a new one. So go fix it. Um, go fork it and fix it and i've Mm -hmm. and and that's like i've definitely done that before at work and that saved the company that i was working for money um a lot of it (laughs) and especially when it comes to you know having to maintain it later in the future right Um, but 
they so they, there is some validity to that, but I think that there are channels beyond getting on Twitter and yelling. Like it getting on Twitter and yelling is cathartic. It is uh but it's also um almost devastatingly not useful. People are going to get in fights about it. Um, I mean, you mentioned that you didn't quite remember what the tool was or like what the argument fully, how it came about. And that's frequently how Twitter arguments go. I don't even remember 99% of the people that I've muted, Um, which is terrible. (laughs) <laughs> you're just sitting there and you're going oh god this is wasting my time and my energy and mute um back in the day just block uh because you don't want to spend time with it but the it's it's sad that our our level of discourse with the with one another has gotten to the point where it's like i've got a megaphone and i'm going to yell in a direction and then hope that other people hear it and yell back Right. Um, it gets frustrating. Yeah, that might be something uh, good to point out is that w- when those things occur and when you feel the need to yell at someone on Twitter or yell about some big problem, like that might be cathartic for you at the time, but uh, the person or project that you're yelling to probably won't remember it. Uh, and it can have lasting implications uh, when it comes to like having people burn out on that project and others. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely there's better ways to to go about that. That's that's an excellent excellent way to put that. I've also heard if you're a jerk on Twitter, people find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> there is definitely that network of things of hey, All this right. person has been kind of ang- like this person. You'll hear it in open source groups and stuff where somebody will say, "Hey, this person's been making this request and they've been a little bit forceful about it." And there's definitely the people who are like. Oh no, I know them. Um and like you can look back through things. I think they're just really frustrated. Let's talk them through it. And then there's oh, known bad actor. Yeah. You get written off, you know, you ruin your future influence because you get written off. Yeah, if you're consistently being um if you're consistently being a jerk on the internet, people are going to remember that you're a jerk on the internet. Like uh that 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 goes for all life, not just the internet. Right. <laughs> turns out reputations will precede you in that way. So, so here's a pro tip that I have never put into practice, but I've I've heard it and it sounds like a good idea. I actually don't have this problem very often because I tend to be on the other side of the spectrum where I don't have much of a temper, but there's times where a temper would have actually served me well and I should have said what I was thinking and I end up regretting it on the other end. So I don't really have that like, I need to sound off and just tell somebody off. It's just not my personality, but I've heard and I think this would serve a lot of people well. If if you do have that tendency of like quickly getting angry and needing to vent is that you pop open your email editor and you draft an email to the person to, to, to whom you are angry at NPM Inc or uh, Johnny Ive or insert you know, target here. And you just write that email and you just say everything you want to say and you get it all off your chest. And then when you're done, you just hit the, hit the delete button and you just let it go. And that I think gives you the catharsis without any of the of the major consequences of of sending that email or or posting that tweet. That that that's a pretty good. Uh, I definitely have written a lot of things and deleted them. Um, I mostly run and or go. It's like I've I've picked up uh, lifting over the last year. <laughs> just like, like, like just like, like go to the gym, like go to the yeah. gym and pick heavy things up and put them back down. It turns out then uh, it, it's it's significantly more helpful for both me and anybody that could be working on that project. Right. <laughs> they they wouldn't have heard what I was trying to say in the first place if I came out swinging, um, because people naturally are going to get defensive when you come out swinging. And uh, you know, I might live longer, be stronger, like be able to throw my kid in the air higher. Yeah, <laughs> like so everybody wins it's uh instead of yelling on the internet just go get swole 
go get, or you can get yourself, get yourself a hernia or pull your groin or something. Yeah. Also, also possible. So the, the Twitter analog to the, the email suggestion might be send a DM to yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can DM yourself. Yeah. I just tried it. I didn't know you could do that. Nice. You can also uh, message yourself inside of Slack, which I do use it once in a while, especially if I'm testing like slash commands and stuff. Uh, a lot of people know that, but you can definitely have a, a private message with yourself in Slack. Yeah. Sometimes you useful, can also especially. take out your frustrations on Slack bot. <laughs> yeah. I actually do that daily. I type into my own, I have little conversations with myself in there all the time. I'm just planning things so I can mm. get thoughts out before I have to actually express them to other humans. It's, it's like rubber ducking except in writing form. So yeah, I like it. Well, let's wrap up this part of the conversation here. One of the things I thought was funny about this thread is that you open it up by saying you want to talk about open source humans and general empathy. And then the majority of the thread is, was very NPM specific at the very end there. You're like, wait a second, I didn't get general at all. Um, and then you do get general at the end. So I guess it, it, in lieu of me reading more of your writing back to yourself, which does feel kind of strange, why don't you go ahead and give us like your general takeaway and what you're trying to message and tell people uh, with this thread and something that you'd like people to walk away, even from this conversation here on JS Party, thinking or doing? I think the general takeaway is that when you have your moments where you're frustrated, you're angry, you're dealing with something that, and you want to yell and scream at the person who you deem responsible for this frustration that you're having, just remember that that's a person. That's an actual real live person sitting there, not not a faceless company a lot of the time, not uh, but you're you're talking to a person and um, they may or may not be able to actually affect change on the thing that you want changed. But you getting upset, it all it does is muddy the water. That's that's the takeaway. That's my hope is that everybody kind of goes, let's take a breath. Yeah. And uh, I just want to, before we go to break, just close and say that uh, I do really appreciate the work that NPM does. And uh, I appreciate this thread uh, quite a bit and specifically um, the humanizing that it does to NPM. Uh, I think that's important uh, for everything, for everyone to understand that it's humans behind all of this. Uh, and uh, it does help when, when there are problems like big, you know, big problems that, uh, are at NPM. Um, I don't want to bring up anyone specific, but when, when those come up, like it's good to know that those are humans that make mistakes and that are learning and growing as we go. And as uh, this thread pointed out, and as Lori kind of pointed out in his talk at NEJSConf last week, NPM um, is growing and it's taking things very seriously. I'm very excited about all of the, the new security features that are coming and how, uh, how important you are taking all of that. So just thank you for for uh, continuing that. It's awesome. Thank you. Hey everyone, I'm Tim Smith, senior producer here at Changelog. You know how important it is to stay in the know. And our weekly newsletter helps you and thousands of other developers do exactly that. It's the developer news that matters, nothing more and nothing less. Visit changelog.com and subscribe today. Next up, we have a fun little segment called I'm Excited About X, where X is literally anything. And so we're all going to share just something that has us excited and hopefully will uh, get you listeners excited as well. Something that you can find interesting or check out. So, Chris, what are you excited about? So there's a relatively new uh, in the past I don't know, week or so. There's a pull request uh, into Node.js. Um by uh, Ben Co, who um, Jeff may know. Uh, and so he works at NPM. He also maintains stuff like Yargs and Istanbul and NYC. Uh, anyway, he made a pull request in a node that adds support for um, uh, makedir-p or recursive makedir uh, in the FS module. 
and I'm excited to see that become part of Node Core because that is some really commonly used functionality that, in my opinion, just kind of needs to be in there. And thank you, Ben, for 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 uh, the implementation. Excellent. Let's hop to the chat room. So uh, Mark Reader in the chat, we have some people listening live and they've been participating in this conversation. And Mark, the listener Mark, is excited about Fusion.js. Fusion.js is a plugin-based universal web framework coming out of the Uber, Uber engineering team. And so Mark says he's excited about it because it's an evolution of Uber's web framework that powers our hundreds of web applications it's already in production and solving real-world problems across a range of applications. And the plugin architecture does a great job of consolidating concerns. I'm definitely a bit biased, he says, since I work for Uber and used to work with most of the web platform team who built it, but I didn't personally work on the project. So FusionJS, thanks, Mark, for submitting that. We'll link to it in the show notes. Let's kick it over to uh, Nick. What got you yeah. excited? Uh, so I'm pretty excited about... TypeScript version three that came out on Monday. Um, I haven't actually had a chance to use it yet, but I'm very excited about some of the new features uh, coming, including project references uh, and being able to, to use tuple types with like arguments. So I can um, use the, the rest operator and then type that as uh, a tuple type and then uh, use that as, as I've wanted to use it for a long time in TypeScript, but it hasn't really been supported. Uh, and then finally just better error messages. There's a lot of other things, but, um, those are kind of the big things that I'm, I'm really excited about. Very good. Well, I will go next and mine's a little bit of an abstract idea, but it is around a very specific thing. So what I'm excited about is thoughtfulness in software design and development. And this is something that throughout my career has continued to excite me and uh, make me want to write better software is when people really sweat the details and really are thoughtful in the way that they design, develop, and deploy their software. So a very specific example of this uh, requires a little bit of context. So as podcasters, we don't have very much in the way of analytics. Um, we basically have what the equivalent of like 90s era server-side analytics which is fine. We don't want the, the crazy <laughs> targeting that's going on in the JavaScript space. But basically we have like an IP address, right? We have bytes sent. We know what file you wanted. We know uh, what your user agent string is. And that's about it. So we can track downloads. But we don't have too much more information about, um, about our listeners. And we would like to have a little bit more. So uh, Marco Arment of Overcast has put a little bit of thoughtfulness into his feed crawler, which is like, isn't that the place where most people would just ignore uh, and just kind of like half-ass it? I think so. Well, Marco actually will put in his overcast feed crawler. So when he's hitting your feeds from his server-side feed, he puts the subscriber count in the user agent string, which is super useful. And uh, it gets me excited because it's just a little bit of insight into who's subscribing to us on Overcast that we wouldn't have had before. And it's not obtrusive to the users and it's not like leaking information about them. But uh, as podcasters, it lets us know that, hey, at least on Overcast, you have this many people subscribed. And that's useful because we can actually track subscriber growth over time. So I'm very excited about that. I'm actually writing a blog post right now, um, an open call to all other podcast clients who have their own feed crawlers to follow Marco's example and put those subscriber counts into their feeds, into their crawlers, excuse me, so that we can pull that out and have a little bit of more information. So very thoughtful. I'm glad he thought of it because I wouldn't have. And I'm glad I found it just looking at our logs and uh, can get that subscriber count. So that's pretty cool. Let's hop over to Jeff. What you excited about? I, I know it's been around for a bit, but I am excited about discourse. Um, so if if anybody had doesn't know... Um, the CLI team moved off of using GitHub issues pretty recently. And moving over to Discourse um, was was a huge, huge, huge boon for us. Like it, it, it gives so interesting things that it can do. Uh, it can tell you uh, the amount of time something has been searched for which is a whole different metric than mm. like how many thumbs up somebody has given an issue. You don't right. actually know if when somebody goes to visit an issue page, what the really big issues are. You know what people, ones people are the loudest about. 
Um, and those are two different things. And so we've been able to like completely and totally change the way our roadmaps work um, to like, here's the bugs that need the most amount of fixing because here's the bugs where people are actually like, focusing on and going to and trying to get at um, and trying to get to the bottom of. And it it's changed the way that we work and cut several hours from time. Like our GitHub issues uh, ended up at some point just needed for us to like call it quits. There were thousands of them and so many of them were um, almost nonsensical requests or things that had nothing to do with NPM or feature requests uh, that didn't quite fit with things. Um, actual bugs were rare because there were so many of them that were duplicates, hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And for to have somebody who to go through that would have been a full-time job just in and of itself. But having this, the discourse tool set is awesome for it. There's uh, like GitHub uses discourse actually for Electron, uh, which was a really okay. big tell for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, all right. This is a really good sell. Uh, and yeah, it's awesome. I, I firmly recommend it if you uh, are in the business of creating some sort of form related thing for um, where you need to capture data on what people are, how people interact. It's, it's almost perfect for this exact use case. Very cool. Love finding solutions that are perfect or, you know, very, very helpful like that, especially when you've been living in ones that are subpar for your specific use case. So that's spectacular. So that's it. Those are the things that we are excited about. Links in the show notes. Uh, if you have your podcast app, you know, just click to the notes, find the links if you're interested in those things. Uh, if you're listening abroad or on the web, but that's uh, changelog.com slash jsparty slash 37 is where you'll find those notes. So that's our show for this week, Jeff. First of all, just thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, sharing your thoughts on Twitter and then sharing them here. Having, I think, a, a very powerful conversation uh, about the humanity that's, you know, inside the things that we all uh, work on and build with and something that is very important to remember uh, so that we can be, you know, helpful and good internet citizens and not just tear each other down all the time. Very thankful for that, as well as the work that you're doing on NPM. Nick and Chris, as always, it's a pleasure. Hey, I want to give you a couple of teases because we have some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So first of all, next week, this is August 9th. The next episode of JS Party will be featuring the incomparable John Rezig. He is excited about GraphQL. He thinks it's the new rest and so John will be joining us next week to talk all about that. And then also we will be at JSConf. We will have a live show on stage at JSConf. So if you're going to JSConf, look for the JS party people. They will be out there in force and we are excited to put that show together as well. So that's our show for this week and we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you for tuning in to JS party this week. Tune in live on Thursdays at 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern at changelaw.com slash live. Join the community and Slack with us in real time during the shows. Head to changelaw.com slash community. And do us a favor. Share this show with a friend. Read us an Apple podcast. Go into Overcast and favorite it. And thank you to Fastly, our bandwidth partner. Head to Fastly.com to learn more. And we move fast to fix things right here at ChangeLaw because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. We're hosted on Leno Cloud Servers. Head to Leno.com slash ChangeLaw. Check them out and support this show. Our music is produced by Breakmaster Cylinder. And you can find more shows just like this at ChangeLaw.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.